Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Reverend Robin King for a casual conversation over a delicious cup of coffee. Today, I made coffee at home and brought it into the studio. Uh, Normally, when Robin comes, uh, about 10 or 15 minutes before he's supposed to arrive, I put the coffee on and it's kind of, I have to admit, it's kind of mediocre coffee. Nothing against Robin. He's a dear friend. I love you dearly, Robin. But Robin, as he has uh, admitted multiple times, does not have quite the same distinguishing palate for... I don't like coffee, Ben. But you drink it all the time. I know. I like the caffeine. We're gonna someday we'll have to have a podcast. that's a discussion about the theology of coffee or something like that. Because um, I, 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 I like the caffeine. I don't really like the taste at all. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to me whether it's a crappy cup of coffee or a good cup of coffee. I do appreciate that it does matter to you, and so like I do appreciate that it. I can tell that it is a better cup of coffee. See, even um, though I know so, that about you, I can't help myself but feel bad when I give you mediocre coffee. And I just don't enjoy it as much myself either, which probably impacts the quality of conversation at some level. And I, and I can't help but be, feel hopeful that when I give you a coffee that I know is way better, that you'll enjoy it more. Does that make sense? What were we just talking about the other day that's all about you? Oh, I know. It was on Sunday when we were talking about, uh, I was talking about um, Jesus saying, love your enemies, right? Yeah. That um, what are you trying the, to say? Well, one of the things one of the things that we get all so wrapped up in that about is is you know, but but what if my you know what if my enemy is going to hurt me? What if this is going to happen? Or what if they're going to do? What if they? What if they? What if they? And the whole point is that it's not about them. It's about you. It's about you mm-hmm. loving, mm-hmm. not necessarily the, although that is a factor later on. But initially, loving your enemies isn't about what others do. It's what you do. True. Right. And see, this is a, see, this is a, this, wait, I can actually connect this to coffee. I can. I can. (laughs) Okay. I'm looking forward to this. The, the goodness in you wants to give me the best cup of coffee. Yes. Right. Whether I care about it or not. And, and so the thing about that is that right off the bat, that's about you caring enough to want me to have the best cup of coffee that you can make here. Right. But Ultimately, that does have an impact on me because I, I, whether I like the taste of coffee or not, whatever, whatever, um, I know that you're wanting to do that, and that makes me feel a little bit honored that you would want to do that. Valued, valued, yeah, a little bit. Well, that's good. Yeah, not not a lot, but a li- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, uh, yeah, I think that is actually. See, that's how it works. Huh, I like it. That. Works, yeah. It, uh, it also kind of reminds me, not that, okay, we're getting on a tangent here, and we will dive into an actual conversation right away, but it reminds me of, uh, so last weekend, I spent the weekend with my dad, and we had him on the show, I just recorded while we were driving up north, which is uh, a fun and kind of exciting way to record a podcast episode while driving down the highway. Um, I don't recommend it if, unless, you know, there's very minimal traffic and, and low stress saying, driving ben, conditions. Were you distracted, Ben? Are you, I wasn't. Were you, uh, you know, I, I thought about the irony that I was on my way to yeah. do some filming for the RCMP while doing this podcast on the highway and at being at the wheel. And I thought, you know, if, if I was pulled over right now and asked, why do you have a microphone stand um, with a microphone in your face while you're driving down the highway, I would say, well, how is it any different than just carrying on a normal conversation with your passenger while you're driving? That's allowed. 
And so mm-hmm. this was just the same. It's not like you're holding on to it, right? No, I, was, I just were, hit record and I was available. both yeah. hands on the 10 and 2, yeah. Robin. But anyway, my point of bringing it up is that uh, my dad uh, was cross-country skiing one day and fell and hit his head. And ever since then, and this that was like probably seven years ago or so, maybe more. Ever since then, he has not been able to smell or taste anything. Like his, his sense of smell and Yikes. taste has been diminished by probably 90%. Like unless something's really strong, uh, bitter, whatever mm. kind of uh, taste, he, he can't taste it. So for him, uh, that, for me, that would be like, why go on? Because I just love food and, 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 and things like coffee and fine scotch and good beer and things like that so much that it would be devastating. But for him... Uh, food is, is more of a, a fuel source than uh, a deep enjoyment. So to him, it doesn't matter what he eats. And so we were spending this weekend together. We had five days together. And I would I would be super concerned about like, well, I hope dad likes this. or And then I would have to constantly be reminding myself, oh, yeah, he can't tell the difference. He doesn't, t- there's no, there's no, there's not going to be any enjoyment there mm-hmm. regardless. But it's so hard to remember that because I'm always putting myself in, inserting myself and what, matters to me into the people that i'm with including yourself and this cup of coffee no i'd stick with the you're you're trying to honor them by uh giving them the best that you can we'll, we'll stick go with that, that one yeah let's go with okay. that one yeah all right so uh, this, no this is great because this actually this actually proves something i was going to mention today which is that people will do absolutely anything to avoid having to talk about transfiguration oh yeah that, that, yeah that's a good, good segue yeah so um as you mentioned we're going to talk about tra- we are going to talk about transfiguration. Uh, maybe the best place to start is for you to explain what that means. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's one of the you know it's one of those things. It's it's um, here's the, here's the thing about transfiguration. It's it's the story is about Jesus being transfigured, and the thing is that that we I think I think we have to use that word. So Jesus is trans. You're saying could be, could be. Um, but in this particular story, Jesus is transfigured. And we have to use that word um, because it's not exactly, you can't say just transformed. You can't just say um, revealed. You can't just say any one of those things. It's, it's a bunch of things working together, um, which is why we had to come up with this big fancy word, transfiguration. Um, but, but essentially, it's that story of Jesus going up the mountain with um with two or three of the disciples and um well they're up on the top of the mountain the disciples fall asleep and they wake up to find jesus um being transfigured he's uh glowing with a bright light and with him are elijah and moses and uh they're having a chat um the disciples are of course as you might expect incredibly impressed and uh, when Moses and Elijah disappear again, um, they want to build um, like little, almost like little temples, little houses, kind of a thing to to mark this moment. And they want to like stay in the moment of this. This here's Jesus with you know, and Jesus says, "Nope, we're going down the mountain." Um, there's a voice that's heard. It's a voice of the voice of God saying, "This is my beloved Son." Um, and the version we hear this week from Luke says, uh, "Listen to him or pay attention to him." Hmm. And um, then they go down the mountain and don't tell anybody about it, and go on into doing other things. Um, in fact, in Luke's telling of this story, they come down the mountain, and the very next thing that happens is that they encounter um, uh, a boy who is. Uh, 
um, clearly uh, in those days they would have said possessed and Jesus heals him. And so it's like right back to the practical things, right? Just came off the mountain right back to the... We say transfiguration. Uh, it's the last Sunday of Epiphany, right? The season mm-hmm. of revealing, the season of light. And here's Jesus being literally lit up. Um, I can't help... Whenever I, th- when I th- whenever we come to transfiguration, I always think of Charlton Heston and Ian McKellen. And there's two, two, two different stories. But Charlton Heston, because famously as Moses... Right in the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments, mm-hmm. he goes up the mountain. He meets God, um, and he comes down, or he talks to God. He did, didn't actually meet God, but he talks to God. He comes down the mountain, and the guy who went up as you know ordinary Charlton Heston comes down the mountain. And he's got like shiny gray hair, <laughs> and he's like glowing. Is it aura? Um, so much that it's like his his wife and 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 Joshua are kind of like holy cow, what happened? Kind of thing, and is that Moses? You know, and they're terribly, and in fact, we hear that story from Exodus with uh, the transfiguration story this week. Um, And it's uh, basically Moses has an experience of God, which causes him to shine brightly, even more brightly. Right. Mm -hmm. Charlton Heston. Right. So Ian McKellen, remember in Lord of the Rings when uh, Gandalf dies, apparently, right? He's killed by the Balrog. And they're all very sad, and they, they the, fel- the fellowship's kind of broken, and they go different. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli in the forest. Mm-hmm. And they hear something, and they look up, and there's this flash of bright light, and there's a figure in it, and they don't know who it is, and it's Gandalf, except now he's Gandalf the White. Yes. Right? Returned. It's a moment of transfiguration. Hmm. Right? Um, and and I, I think that's, that's such an... Uh, uh, those are such, to me, uh, amazing images of that moment, because that's what happened. That's what happened, right? They had an experience of either God or or whatever one would call God that has caused them to be not just transformed, but to be revealed as something more than they were. Mm, that's right? a good description. And and that's that's transfiguration, right? You ha- you kind okay. of have to use the word because it's a combination of two or mm-hmm. three things. But it's a word specifically created about jesus transfiguration or is it kind of a it can apply to i think i think you can apply it to other things i'm just gonna i'm gonna say that i think you can apply (laughs) i think you can act i in fact it would be and here's the thing about this story the whole story makes me go that's a great story so what we already knew it was jesus why Mm -hmm. do we need the show and tell and like, unless you can take that story and do exactly what you just said, um, make transfiguration appear elsewhere in the world, and in mm. in in, re, in in our lives, mm-hmm. so what? then what's the point? I yeah. mean, it and 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 I'm that's oh sorry, that was a really bad way of saying that because I'm making it sound like I'm discounting the traditional understanding of the story, which is of course, Jesus is revealed as the Son of God. Right. That's the traditional understanding is that it's a That's moment its of revelation. It's, yeah. it's a powerful moment of re- revelation. This is Jesus. Okay. Again, I already knew that. What does this mean to me? Why do I need this moment of transfiguration? Why do I need this moment of kind of like Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments? Why do I need this moment of um, Moses talks to God and suddenly he's all shiny? Jesus talks to Elijah and Moses 
and presumably God, and he's all shiny. Why do I need that? What does that mean to me? Yeah. So what does it mean to you, Robin? We're all shiny, Ben. We're all shiny. Have, have, I mean, th- and that's the thing. Like we talk about, we talk about um, how you know it's another way of saying be the face of Jesus to others. Right. Right. Is that um, we've? I think we have these moments, and and this is the thing about this story is the transfiguration story. It's a moment that um, in in Celtic spirituality it would be referred to as liminal, or it's 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 the where the 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 veil is thin. Hmm. Right between heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Right. We, um, when, however, you understand that. When when Kelly and I were about to uh, to go to Ireland last fall, she was telling me that there's a, there are apparently places in Ireland that are known as thin the thin places mm-hmm. where that uh, I think that's I'm getting that term right thin yep. places where the that same yeah, thing where that veil exactly. is, is thin. It's it's a it's a it's one of those it's one of those things that. Um, uh, I, again, things are never. It's just this or it's just that. I mean, I've I've taught lots of times about how um, it's it's us that makes a place sacred, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can set apart a space, but really, what it's the presence of people or or, or what happened in the there. past, yeah. um, or something that's happened there that's involved people that makes it a yeah. sacred place. And and then you hear that there are places that are thin places that people have had. And again, it's people, but they've had an experience of something otherworldly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and Iona is another place, right. And, um, the, uh, what's that? There's an Island off the East coast of, uh, England, uh, Lindisfarne. Um, there, there's places in Scotland and England. Um, it, people even would refer to a place like, um, like Sarum or Stonehenge, yeah. Um, I, I as heard places a, of where the veil is thin mm-hmm. between this world and the next. I, I heard on a podcast. I can't remember who it was now. That he was saying how uh, he visited the battle, the the place of the Battle of Gettysburg, and that just being there. And of course, he in his head knows what happened there. But he said that when he walked out onto the field, he could physically feel this uh, overwhelming feeling of just sadness and and tragedy and mass uh, loss. Yeah. He could just yeah. f- like feel it in an energy way. It's almost like something was literally left on the field. Right. Right. Um, and that's what's so interesting about that, though, is that like, I, I've never been there, but I've just using that as an example. I've never been there, um, but I have seen pictures right mm-hmm. of of where the battle happened and you look at the picture and you go it's a field right even there's there's famous um what's the the battle in scotland that was basically the end of the clans um and 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 you look at a picture of it and it's it's literally a field mm-hmm. whoopee but people say when you go there you can you can it's not a field you can mm-hmm. sense like there's a there's something there um, and people have that experience going into uh, uh, people have that experience going into some of the big cathedrals in Europe where things have happened, um, or uh, like the Vatican, um, uh, places in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, where uh, even places where uh, you just it looks like like it's long gone. The physical right. structures are long gone, but you have a sense of there being something there, right? Um, and uh, that's part of what this story is about, though, too, is that um, uh, a, a, almost like there's a, a recognition that there's a time or a place when the veil is thin. And that is 
from this story, I would take that is when we have an experience of God. So for Jesus, it wasn't about that particular mountain and the geography of where he was. It was where he was spiritually. I think it's so. I think so. I mean, there's always... There's always significant. I mean, there, there's there's now we we traditionally think it happened at this mountain. I think it's Tabor, um, um, but there's a lot of the thing about that is that there's a lot of geography mm-hmm. from from the Bible that kind of either isn't there now or it's a different place now, right? Um, and, or isn't and, described well enough to know. Like, yeah. Well, is it for sure this peak or is it that valley? Yeah. Or, I mean, we don't have a lot of there aren't. Uh, Latin long coordinates or GPS coordinates in the Bible that we can, but some some places like the Sea of Galilee yeah. is still there. Right. We know that that's where sure. sto- certain stories happen. Well, and the the Jordan, and you've been there, right? I mean, yeah, the Jordan yeah. River is still there where Jesus was baptized, and mm-hmm. it's and people go and 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 visit now that. I guess it's like is it a stream even now? It's not a huge river anymore, right? Like not uh, the river that it was. Where where I visited, it was probably about the size of the battle river that we have here like yeah. it's a pretty so it's small not a river. Huge river yeah but i'm sure that yeah it depends yeah. on the time of year you're there and all that kind of stuff sure. too but yeah but that doesn't change the fact that when you're there you, you, you're in you the have place a sense yeah. right um and and see that's that's the thing too about the story is that the, and i think this I, I think this is just this is a way that this story connects with so many other things um is that i think I, I hear this. I hear the story in my head, and then I think of all of the other, like the story of Jesus um, that, that follows right after this. The story they come down the mountain. Jesus heals this this boy. Um, I, I imagine that that the light shone again. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like for for that person, for the people that Jesus engages and and are either healed or or um, uh, or transformed in some way. Right. Um, that experience of meeting Jesus transforms them. And and I have a feeling that it's more than that, though. I think that's why transfiguration is such a good word, is that it means more than transformation. It means so what's more the than distinction revelation. There? It means, um, I, I think it's something deeper. Um, and, and that's the thing, is that we, when we talk about, um, uh, as like uh, say, as a follower of Jesus, Jesus is our example. We want to live like Jesus. We even then say things like "Jesus is in you," right? Yeah. Uh, we want to do some good Jesusing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is Crazy the way. Crazy people make Jesus a verb, yeah. um, and it's the way. Follower, we're people of the way. We follow the way. We do blah 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 blah. All that stuff. Um, there's got to be a point where it goes beyond behavior. Okay. Otherwise, it's meaningless, right? The the point is that uh, with Jesus is it's not about adjusting your behavior. It's about changing your life. That's why mm-hmm. we say then start to use words like transformation, right? So um, a, a, a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. You look at the butterfly, and and there's no caterpillarness to that butterfly. It is a transformed thing. But when when I think about the ways that still has the heart of a caterpillar. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Is you're jumping ahead of me, Robin. Sorry, with, Ben. With humans, we are so vastly different than you think of that that brand new infant, and like you and I were once brand new babies. Before that, we were just you know in in the womb, and and there isn't a single cell of your body today that even existed as you 
even 10, 15 years ago. Like we're constantly mm-hmm. regenerating. We're constantly changing. We're constantly growing. Mm-hmm. You could have a head injury and all of a sudden your personality could be different, but you're still you. Right. So it, it, we could get way off track here when it wouldn't really be off track. It is part of this conversation to dis, to explore what is the you that makes you right. you and, and right. what are you? Are you, so, you're, you're not your body. We've talked about this before yeah. that you're not your body. You're not your name. You're not your personality. And, and yet you are. And yet you are your yes. behaviors, your preferences, your, right. But we actually, we've also, just as you were saying that about how your, your body, like you're not the same body that you were, right? Cause it's constantly changing. Yeah. We're constantly losing cells. We're constantly growing cells. We're constantly growing, changing, evolving, all that stuff, uh, growing and changing. Then we're also over, a greater period of time as as part of creation we're evolving right mm-hmm. as well um then put on top of that the level of well your physicality might be changing um that's not how your soul or your 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 spirit or your mind works right um whatever words you want to use talk about heart essentially um the way that works is is and we've we talked about this a couple of times before where it's not like when you have an experience, you leave it behind and you move on. It's in the past now, right? It's more a question of your life expands around it. Yeah, it's right? this is part why of people. You. This is why people, I think, who've had traumatic experiences or even mm-hmm. amazing experiences that were not traumatic, um, but were, people who've had experiences like that, they they'll they'll not be thinking about it, and then they'll either smell or see or touch or hear or something will suddenly trigger, and they're like right there again, yeah, right. And it's because you didn't leave it behind; it didn't get smaller. You got bigger around it, and right? you carried it with you, and you've carried it with you yeah. because that's how the soul or the spirit or the mind works. It expands constantly, but it still retains, right? And while you might forget stuff, or the details might be a little bit different. Nonetheless, the experience, the feeling of it is is right there. So there's this strange duality where, on, on the one hand, I understand it as the the conscious self is this byproduct of the neurochemistry that's going on inside my brain. So I've got this squishy organ inside my skull, and it's firing, you know, neurons are firing, there's all this electrochemical stuff going on, and pop, out, out of that pops this... Um, consciousness and that's me but on the other side of the coin I know that someone who's asleep and unconscious is still them someone who's in a coma or someone who's uh, suffering from dementia or some other type of neurological disorder that is changing who they are maybe they've lost their memories maybe they've lost some of their faculties they're still that person is still themselves and and so I think the 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 logical or the the easy explanation to that is oh well even if their mind is going their their mind is not who they are it's their soul that makes them who they are but then you, you get into this question of well what is the soul where is the soul yeah and uh, there's no there's no doubt that um oh, okay so so there's the physicality thing of the individual then there's evolution over time um, and then on top of that, there's like the, the heart and soul thing. There's all of these, right? And that's transfiguration. Why we say transfiguration is because, and this is the thing. This is the thing about Jesus. Um, Jesus rarely says or. He says and a lot mm-hmm. um, because I think like if people if people asked Jesus, and I always I always imagine like in the Gospels we have Jesus says stuff, 
and then we move on to the next story. And there's no the whoever wrote those stories down didn't didn't uh, then also write down how people responded. Right. More often, there's a couple of times where they did, but but um, but they don't allow for the fact that there might have been like pushback or dialogue or anything right. like that. It's and so here we parable. are, we are yeah. always talking about how dialogue's important and relationships important, and nobody ever recorded dialogue that Jesus had with people beyond what was what they thought was relevant to the story. Right. So I, I have a feeling that there were lots of times where people, Jesus would say something, and um, if you know people who had been following him for a while would go, hang on a second. A few days back, uh, when we were in such and such a place, you said this. So which is it? Is it this or that? And Jesus would say, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's what Jesus would say. Um, because it's never or. It's always and. Right, but there are some times where it is so contradictory that yes, yes, it is. But but um, well, in a way, so is the that, well, that's the thing. The thing about what you were just saying about um, uh, the soul oh. and no, about the soul and and how you know we, we are the soul, even though sometimes there are physical things that affect our mind, right? Right, or. Um, um, sometimes our, our, there's physical things in our mind that affect us, the rest of us physically. You know, there, there's that. It's all about relationship, right? Of those things, um, and that includes our relationship with the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you can't kind of pin down where it is, where it resides. I guess in part because it resides in everything, right? So it's the, the whole mind, body, soul mm-hmm. kind of trinity, if you will. That. That's it's all and. three part, yeah. Yeah, there's no. That you or. are your body. You yeah. are your mind. You are you're your soul. All, you're yeah. all of it, right? That's what makes um, you you. And sure, sometimes there's an imbalance that is caused by, um, especially with physical things, that is caused by something you don't really have any control over, right? Um, for sure. Um, but in that's that's see that's to me the only way. Um, understanding it like that is the only way that we can come to an understanding that. Um, we are inherently good and God is in all of us. Like love, mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. is in all of us. Um, is because even somebody who is, who appears to be, um, like 110% evil, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. even somebody like that, um, in order for them to be a human being, God is in them. Right. Sorry. Um, you know, doesn't matter who it is. I'm not going to say any names, but the obvious one is springing to your mind right now. I can tell. Um, <laughs> but but um, it, it doesn't matter uh, who it is. God is still in them. The fact that something has uh, happened to cause their goodness to be overwhelmed to the point of being almost completely blotted out doesn't change the fact that it's still there. Right. Um, and, and that's, see, I think that understanding this all again comes back to having to use a word like transfiguration because transformation isn't enough. Um, um, the, the enlightenment part isn't enough. The, uh, you know, his face is shining like he uses oil of Olay, um, <laughs> isn't enough. Uh, we need all those things together. Right. That's why we say transfiguration. So this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I wanted to ask about another part of, the story of the life of Jesus that I I think relates to this. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, there's is we call it the ascension, right? The, mm-hmm. Yeah. So in in ascending to so heaven, Jesus leaves basically. Yeah. He leaves and he, and he becomes pure, 
pure spirit. Like it, I think in the Bible, it, it describes it as he bodily ascends, like his right. physical body is sitting in heaven. I can't wrap my head around that. I feel free to disagree with me. I don't mind if other people see it differently than than I do, but I can't interpret that as his liver and kidney and and everything are still just ticking away, functioning just like they would if he was here drinking a coffee with us and metabolizing the the sugar and the you know what I mean that I just don't see it that way but yeah. so so if the way I perceive that story is that his spirit has he's carried trans- on he's transformed that he's transformed yeah. so yeah. it's another transfiguration or transformation right. um, and that that's what happens with all of us I yeah. hope but I I very much don't see it as his flesh well, body flesh yeah. and bones ascended into the clouds and now he's yeah sitting on a throne like a physical place yeah it just doesn't make sense to me this this is one of those tricky moments right because there is um there is uh the idea that um there will be a bodily resurrection right the second coming will all be raised you yeah know, i know physically it, it, right millions of people have that idea um, i just don't me, agree with it <laughs> yeah to me i i think it's uh, again it's one of those and and I, I apologize right up right away, but I think it's one of those things that, um, like so many other things, it's about time we let go of that. Um, I, I think we we can we have we are coming to a better understanding. Let's say we are we are um, evolving our understanding I of hope things. So. Um, that um, there is more to uh, there is more to us than the body. Right, we were just talking about that, um, and so I was just trying to think of the um, one of the. There's one of the because we were talking about films earlier, or I was, um, the one of the more recent films about Jesus, um, where they they handle the ascension by literally having Jesus walk off into the sunset, literally, <laughs> like he 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 transforms into light and disappears, kind of a thing, hmm. and and um, okay. That's one way to understand it. Um, another way to understand it is um, comparable to, say, um, it's uh, Elijah. Jesus is not the only one to never die, right? Elijah right. didn't physically die either. He's carried off into heaven by a chariot with, right. you know. Um, there's, there's different I got a movie ways. Ref- I, got a, I got one for you. You're always the one coming up with the movie references. How about in the last Star Wars movie when um, Luke Skywalker is sitting meditating and i think he's even just like uh he's levitating off the oh and off he the ground, like, isn't he and he and then his yeah. cloak just kind of is empty which yeah. has, happens in many points like obi-wan his same thing yeah. the cloak just hits the floor but he um luke skywalker is meditating so intensely that he has made uh essentially a hologram image of himself appear on the mm-hmm. whatever planet where the battle's happening with way to Kylo give, Ren. Way to give away the plot of the movie for well, everyone who hasn't seen it. has been for a long it, time. Come on. Come on. If you haven't seen it by now. But uh, to the point that, he, you know, it's taking every ounce of his energy to pull off this stunt. And then he's so exhausted mentally and spiritually from it that he, and or I don't know how you interpret that, but he, that he just dis- okay. he dissolves yeah, into the ether absolutely. and he's one with the force. It's pretty, it, you know, that's yes. kind of a, when um, I watched that film, I, that made me think of, um, you know, that, that Ascension story and just yeah. 
that your um, physical body is just not important anymore and that his essence or his spirit is one with the force. Yes. So what you're saying is that Jesus becomes one with the force. Yeah, exactly. You. what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that, see, what's so interesting about that, and again, like Star Wars isn't the only uh, story to come up with this kind of a force, the force or the energy or the life, whatever, yeah. um, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was watching something the other day that somebody was talking about this, this very thing that we, um, we have actually reached a point what they were saying is that we've actually reached a point where we're trying so hard to acknowledge that, that sort of idea that it's an energy, that it's a force that we become, um, uh, we're, we're actually less willing to say God or, hmm. or Jesus because we're, it's a for the, and I don't know about that, but I think, I think there's a point at which you have to acknowledge that if you're going to say that God is everywhere and God's love is everywhere, um, then you've got to acknowledge at some point that Jesus needs to be present in that. Right. Yeah. So in fact, bodily ascension or not, um, Jesus literally becomes one with a force and, and this isn't new. Um, we, oh, uh, when we, we had uh, gathering a little while back and we, one of the videos uh, that we used was from work of the people, then it was called death to awaken. And somebody had created a whole uh, new sort of um, media poem kind of thing around um, a poem by uh, John of the Cross, I think. Um, I'd have to look again. But anyway, one of the things in that is that um, uh, that at the death is becoming is about becoming one with everything. It's not about disappearing from this or becoming something else. It's about um, literally falling into everything, right? So right. you become part of your your essence is is one with the essence of all things right um and and i think i think that's kind of if 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 i were uh if i were going to go there i rather than saying jesus is one with the force i'd go there um but but it, just to go take us back to transfiguration for a second um i think that's actually in fact what's happening um that whole the the light the glowing thing is exactly what's happening there. It's not a question of this is Jesus, light him up so that you'll know it's Jesus. Right. This is a moment of reminding us that Jesus is one with all things, right? That that um the 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 power that we call the word the word made flesh, um love come among us, uh God in human form, wh- however you want to call that, and cuz there's a variety of ways and no one covers everything, right? Um no one version or no one description right. covers everything. Um, this is a moment that ought to remind us that um, that 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 example of Jesus, that way of living, that that love um, is at one with all things, and it's not just you can't. It's not just oh, you know, that's Jesus. I'll never be able to, you know. Um, it's not about that. It's about connecting with it. And that's why I think that's why um, Elijah and Moses appear. Is that it's not just it's not just because oh look it must be Jesus because he's talking to Moses and Elijah, it's a reminder that that we're not never just one person, we're right. connected to all things and that power of love 
is powerful because it's connected to all things. So he's so in tune with the life force of the, the universe. Lights him up. That, well, his, that it, his... But yes, that is... That, he's, yes. he's vibrating at a higher plane. You can, you can use all language, kinds of yeah, different... from different traditions yeah, and different faiths and different... Is, underst- yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and I think I think that that's... Uh, uh, I I think that that we we are there we well we're we not be. there but we we are capable let's mm-hmm. say that let's so say that. some people would get really upset at this idea that we could be as holy as Jesus or that we could be as that we could elevate our own but, but, but we are because Jesus is in us that's exactly yeah but so why why are some people so scared well having just said that. <laughs> I would just like to acknowledge, by the way, that um, this is why you can't ever stop at one story. Is this Transfiguration story? And oddly enough, when this story appears in the lectionary on Transfiguration Sunday, especially Luke's version, it shows up as read these verses. You could add these verses if you want, but these are the important ones. And the important verses are the Transfiguration story. The add on ones, after the Transfiguration story, when they come down the mountain, Jesus heals this boy I mentioned earlier, right? And one of the reasons he does that, in part, is because the disciples who were still at the bottom of the mountain were not able to do it. They had tried. They had tried, but they were not able to help. It took Jesus. And so here's a moment where you kind of go, oh, wait a minute, what did you just say? But here's a moment where it took Jesus to do it. Right. Um, but again, though, I would say, yeah, because they hadn't had the experience, perhaps, of seeing, experiencing Jesus um, demonstrating that oneness with all things. And so they were not able to do it because there are other stories where the disciples can do lots of stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. eventually, um, when Jesus is gone, they do even more stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but then so they're constantly evolving and evolving necessarily. Right. Yeah. And so the further, in fact, the further we get away from those stories in the past, the less capable we appear to be, to be able to do the things that Jesus did. Right. And in my mind, I think that's because we're just not connecting anymore. We're, we're, we're moving further and further away from, um, and for lack of a better way of saying it, the magic, the wonder. So, so that right? transcendence is a practice, in other words, that it's it's almost like. And yeah. Well, if you if you think of it as parallel to how meditation is a practice toward another form of, or maybe it's the same form yeah, of really that. enlightenment. Yeah. That you you can't just flick on a switch and flick yeah. into this enlightened mode you, you need to it take requires the time. a practice and a, yeah you need to take the time to create a moment uh in which you can encounter uh, i'm saying this really badly but you need to take the time to create a moment in which there is a possibility that you may connect have an experience of god create the right? openness to it Cre- yes create the openness to it and some people do that by some people do that with prayer and meditation um some people do that by uh, various uh, sort of spiritual, physical and spiritual practices, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like yoga, even, right? Well, and for a lot of people, 
um, gathering for worship is and it gathering as a community? Yes, yeah, right? this is something I, I mentioned last night when we were we, we had gathering, and we were talking about love and and how love is more than it's more than uh, well we so often at church we want to qualify it as we only ever mean agape in church, except that you need that in in romantic love you need that in brotherly love or, or sisterly love you need that in friendship you need all of those compo- those things that are in agape um in those other because that's what creates relationship right um and so we were telling people a lot of people were telling stories about individual experiences and that's the thing is that it isn't just individual experiences it's the sharing of those individual experiences with the community yeah right and then it's also the sharing of those community experiences that empower us to have individual experiences. It's it's the things work. To, it's another one of those moments where, again, I would say Jesus wouldn't say it's this or that. He'd say and. Mm-hmm. And we're you need we're them. each so unique. Yeah. So for one person being in a big cathedral or a modern uh, contemporary church with a thousand people uh, gathered and singing uh, worship music to a rock and roll band that for that person it, that might be a trans a, a transcendental uh, spiritual experience mm-hmm. where they reach enlightenment and another person might be like get me the heck out of here i want to go for a walk yeah. through a nature trail and connect with god on my own yeah. by immersing myself it's, in nature i think it's uh, yes we we are uh, all open to wonder in different ways right um, and and being able to be open and engage that sort of moment of wonder is what takes us somewhere else, right? Um, and we use, we sometimes like people say, oh, they they did such and such a thing, and it was just magical. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was it was wondrous, special, and special, and everything. <laughs> but 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 there was the the thing is, and that's the thing is that that, that there's it's not. It's not about it's not about magic. It's about uh, in that sort of sense of um, it defies physics or yeah. whatever. Um, there's it's 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 about um, being open to um, the the wonder of the moment, the yeah. the experience that will take you beyond where you are right now, right or transcend, right um, something that not something that doesn't just transform or enlighten um, or um, or um, inspire as, uh, as well, but does all of those things together, mm. right? Something that transfigures. Well, coming back to coffee, where, where we started all of this, one of, one of uh, the cafes that Kelly and I really liked going to in Edmonton, we haven't been there in a while, but there's a cafe in Edmonton called Transcend mm-hmm. because the coffee is so good that you... Uh, is it out of this world it's transcendent anyway we'll we're gonna leave it there for today i think unless you have anything you want to no i just it's funny that you said that that's i i know the place you're talking about yeah and yes because it transcends other people might use the expression out of this world though Mm -hmm. um because for people who are sort of more earthbound and practical right um it's it's uh it's transcending to another plane um is less um, understandable to them than sort of out of this world in a sort of, you know, out into the galaxy or the universe or, you know, where the force is. Um, those the force kind is of everywhere, things. Robin. I know the force is everywhere, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, again, sometimes we get, it's language sometimes, right? I know. But, uh, but it's, it's not, 
this or that. It's, it's and. And. Well, I'm, I really appreciate your perspective and your knowledge and education that you can bring to the table in talking about something as complex as transfiguration. Because to me, I... I knew very little really about what it what it meant and what it means historically and biblically and theologically. So this was a, a really interesting conversation. Then I don't to, know anything about coffee, so thanks for that too. Yeah, thank we, you. we all bring something to the table. Exactly. And. To, and. and. Uh, thank you, Robin, for, for this conversation. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you have a quick second, uh, we have a small favor to ask. There are not a lot of ratings and reviews that have been left on the Six Ways from Sunday podcast so far on iTunes. So if you have a, a few moments, it doesn't take long to just click, you know, four or five out of stars out of five. Hopefully you can give us a five out of five. Um, and a, a review would be really helpful as well. I guess those reviews and those ratings really help uh, iTunes to place podcasts um, in our kind of a ranking and get them in front of more people is the idea. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating and, re- and a review and then sharing episodes, um, with your friends and family through any means that you uh, can do that through Facebook or just texting a link to, uh, to anyone that you think might enjoy these conversations. We really do appreciate that. We, we love for these, uh, for these episodes to get out to more people. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, on what you've heard, um, maybe how it's impacted you. We, we love hearing uh, feedback or suggestions for future conversations, episodes, guests. Uh, you can reach us by going to risingspiritministry.com and clicking on the contact button or um, finding us on Facebook by searching Six Ways from Sunday. So thanks for, uh, for joining us for coffee today and we hope to have you join us again next week. Take care. <music>